Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Every week we talk about a different topic of church life, and this week we're talking about your church service, whether it should be impromptu or whether it should be planned. So get your thinking caps on, and without further ado, here's the podcast. So this meeting is being recorded, and um, I feel like I'm going to say this at the beginning of every podcast now because we record this on Zoom, and it now alerts us audibly and it won't you won't be able to hear it because I, I checked on the last podcast because I could hear a little voice saying this podcast is now recording and uh, and then on the actual podcast itself it didn't unfortunately come through I would have quite liked it maybe I need to kind of like put it in post-production or something and just add me kind of having some kind of robotic voice American it, voice it would be kind of cool on the on, as part of like the intro uh, that kind of like this podcast is now recording with some background music it would uh yeah uh with a little on air light and all the rest of it you can do that magic can't you can, sure. you can work all that out i'm sure yeah yeah you know what, what could what could possibly go wrong yeah yeah that's i mean all of my skills are in are in those areas so yeah why why not um i would just do it but i'll do it off the cuff shall we say if we are going to have a podcast though it is fundamental to hit record it is fundamental to hit record yes i'm glad i'm glad we have uh so hello lee how are you doing how was did you have a nice weekend yes uh now 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 you're giving a gateway everybody knows we're not doing this before the weekend which is when we normally record yes so so it's worth saying that normally we record our podcasts uh 9 30 on a friday that is always the time so please don't contact us on 9 30 on a friday unless you've got a question for the podcast then obviously do help uh it's a podcast at thinking.church you can you can do that however lee while you were looking after your kids it was an inset day so we couldn't do that so we are doing we're we're doing what's classed as we're, we're calling the tuesday morning special uh, which is, I guess, is the similar to what the uh, the preachers would have for the Saturday night special, where they the, the preachers prep their preach on a Saturday night uh, before the you know the Sunday morning. We're actually doing it even worse than that. We're, we are recording this on a Tuesday morning to go out on a Tuesday morning. So essentially, it's like a live podcast, but not live. No because- pressure here to like you know get this right, do something with it. Well, um, yes, it does mean that all, all of our edits will have to go down. Our many, many edits, which we never actually, we never actually do any editing. I think there's something nicer about not editing a podcast. It's firstly because well, it's a lot this, less this work is, for me. It is unfinished thoughts. That's what this is. It is. It is us having a conversation and thinking out loud and inviting people into the into the discussion to think about these things some more elsewhere on uh on your own time really that's that's what it's about so i yeah. think we're we're living we're living up to that um we'll add that it is half term and i discovered that the school had already moved an inset day and i've got another one straight after the holiday as well so uh we got you know this is this is a longer half term than normal for us yes yeah that is a longer one well what we've done instead is we've sent our daughter off to she can't ride a bike and uh, so we've sent her off for bike lessons and she, I mean, she can't, she couldn't ride at all. Terrible. And apparently she's already riding a bike and she's currently in the lesson. So my wife has just texted me to say she's already riding. So all of that money that we paid for like a week's worth of lessons. And essentially she's learned in the first lesson that she can ride. So it was all just like, it was all, all, it was all in her head. 
So we just paid for yeah one lesson per day, and she, the rest of the time she's just gonna have to I don't know learn learn how to you know change a tire or something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, when, when when's the Tour de France coming up? What, exactly. what do we prepare her for? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, that that's it. Well, today we are going to be talking about uh, church church services, particularly about whether they should be planned or impromptu. I think we always have, uh, regardless of what denomination you're in, I think there's always a tension between a planned versus an impromptu uh, ness about it. There's some people that love having things planned ahead of time, uh, you know, really preparing the service really well. And some want uh, an impromptu service and would say, you know, things like it's spirit led, those kind of things. And um, we're going to we're going to get into the weeds of that today about planned versus impromptu. Lee, you're taking on the impromptu side and I'm I'm on the planned side. Um, So should we should we get into this? Lee, do you want to do your first impromptu because we got three things each as is our yeah, normal three three things each as we as we tend to do on these kind of conversations hey look these are and and i'm going to say that these are all things we've encountered as well yeah these are all things that we've had conversations with churches about um we're not going to name any of the churches because that that would be unfair but you know what i think this is something that every church goes through at some stage Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even if when you're small or even if you are much, much larger and things happen, like you end up having to record on a Tuesday, you know, those kind of things. And it can sometimes shift uh, about and there's lots of things that go on. But I'm going to start with I'm going to go more the practical side of things about why people actually, I think, start to reason with themselves why they're impromptu and not planned. And I, I don't think actually when we've when when it's come to it and we've pushed with these churches and these and these leaders, they are kind of building up that self-talk about to justify why they do it this way, rather than do they genuinely believe they should be impromptu. And you know, I'm also going to say I I'm I'm a little kind of like it, it's probably both and rather than purely one or the other, because I, I believe in something that's allowed flexibility. But my first one is, is um, and this comes predominantly from working with much smaller churches, is we don't have time to plan. Our team are all employed elsewhere. So this is for those kind of churches where even, say, the senior leader, the person who's kind of like, you know, got the, <clears throat> the driving position for what's going on in the church, probably has a job. And I've been in a few of those churches myself and attended them over the years. And, you know, they're often like more fledgling or, you know, they're, at, you know, transition points themselves or just, you know, congregationally and like financially how they're made up doesn't justify kind of like lots of expense on some of the uh, some of the positions. So maybe you get a little bit of admin, a little bit of like uh, families or children's worker kind of time in there, bit of time from a senior leader. But but generally we're impromptu because we just don't have time to plan our team are all busy elsewhere so we don't plan we just rock up and we we know our structure um because even then you see what they really are what they really mean is is that they've 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 got a format that's never changed so it's your you know the 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 usual you know 
opening song, welcome notices, um, offering song, message, closing song, you know, that kind of that kind of format. Um, and it's, you know, we just t- we, we, we turn up and deliver it. There's always something on my heart. There's always something I could talk about. We're all reading the Bible all day, every day. So I'm just going to talk about what's on my heart. We haven't got time to plan. So we just turn up and do it. And everybody likes it because it's all kind of like, you know, it's all family and a little bit messy. And it's all, you know, that's the kind of justification we get. So basically it is we're impromptu because we just don't have time to plan. I think that's really true. There are so many church pastors and you know, the majority of churches in, in the UK, but also you know around the world are small churches. So that means that there isn't a lot of time. That means a lot of senior pastors are bivocational uh, to coin to use a, a, not a great term. I don't, I don't really like it. Um, you know, they are, they have a job and, and they're running a church and that's, that's really difficult and that's not easy to do. That can put a real strain on, you know, the, your time and, you know, it can, it can mean that you're doing it, having, you know, if you're preparing a message for instance. And I think that's one of the things that is probably, you know, planning a message is always one of those things that everyone does ahead of time. I don't know many people that they go up to preach that haven't planned anything. I've heard a few stories of that, you know, where they, they feel like God tells them, don't preach the message you're going to preach, start preaching this instead. And, but I think that's relatively, you know, that's, that's an exceptional circumstance. Uh, But it is difficult for pastors. And I think that's probably worth to, before we go on to, you know, onto the planning side of things of it is to recognize that it's not easy for for most churches to get to you know plan a service to get that level of you know content especially if you've got to prepare a preach and that can take up all of your week if you're a pastor and if you've got to do you know if you haven't got a lot of team and you're having to sort all the other elements you know sometimes there are pastors that are having to sort the worship set and they're having to sort of preach and they're having to sort all of the you know any other elements as well and that's that's a lot setting setting the chairs out making the tea and coffee organizing something for kids um you know it it really does spill on um and that you know there's there's much we can do in those situations i think that's the thing um it's the yeah there's there's many other things that are going on in that situation you know before before you get to the point that this is your output outcome you're dealing with there are many other decisions or lack of decisions that have led to this point and actually what you need to do is you need to come back and probably simplify work out what you will do maybe listen to our last podcast about using other people's content as well you know maybe there's some helpful jumping off points because i think i think you actually have a more highly um uh sensitive role for like curating in those situations if you can't plan like actually you need to be plugged into things that are much much wider so that you're bringing things together and you can um start to create the space for you to do do those things so i'm I'm now going to answer my own my own uh impromptu issue um about you know to kind of like you know work around it but chris what 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 what's what's the what's the opposite of that we're not talking about the answer to it but like what's the What's the plan side look like in opposition to the impromptu side and that mm. kind of thing? Yeah, and, and before we do it, I think it's just recognizing again that um, you know if you're a pastor and you're struggling to find you know the time to plan, 
you know, we, we hear you, we see you, we, we understand because actually it's not easy. I think what we'd hate to be is a, uh, is for thinking church to be the, you know, a company, a ministry that, um, it doesn't care about, you know, the, there are some real world situations that people are in and it's not easy. It's not difficult. And we want what we do as facilitators to help you, um, but not be the ones that are looking down on you and telling you what to do. Um, that's never been our, our aim and that's never why we started it. And so um, what we want to do is when we're talking about the, the plan side of this, is that where we want to bring encouragement to you we want to release your time we want you to feel like there is that there is more that you can do there's more that's that, that all the things that i think every church leader has something that's like in their mind about where they believe god can take their church and what they can do god can do through them and we want to help bridge that gap and and i think that the, the, the plan side is going to really help and so my first point is that is you know if if the one side is you don't have the time the other side is that that is a classic cliche is failing to plan is planning to fail and uh it's a, it is a well used phrase but it, it is true that we need to have a plan and um, yeah. and i think that that i think that planning is something that is quite is, is a god honoring thing i mean you look at a great thing to look at is the this, the the creation narrative in Genesis, and what what's happening is is that God is, you know, the, the, it starts off. I'm getting into theology here now, but I'll, I'll do that. Um, uh, it starts off with the the chaos waters of Genesis one, the the tohu vavohu, I think is is in Hebrew, and and it's so what it's re- referring is kind of chaos, a chaotic place of you know wild and and waste. And and what happens is God brings order through it. And so he brings land and then he brings, you know, he brings vegetation and sky and all those kind of things. And, and he, what he does, he brings order to all of those things. And I think even in the new Testament, um, uh, the apostle Paul talks about the need for orderly worship. And, and I think that means that, that having a plan is really important and and having a plan can mean that it will actually save you time and it will save you the stress as well. I think that the stress of when you're not planned can be really, really debilitating because, you know, there's a pressure that you've got as a church leader. If you've got to come up with a new sermon each Sunday, you know, as well as all of the other elements, as well as all the, the practicalities of things. So having a great plan in place is going to help you. And, and those things can look as simple as having a good format for your service, uh, having um, planning uh, your, your, your sermon really well, if you're writing your own sermon or preach, uh, having a really good outline that you can work to. Um, then planning a, a worship set is another thing that there's the elements to that. Um, yeah. Bringing all those elements together is going to be really important. But if I ask those, so you see what happens, I think is, is that people think, um, or there's this, there's this, there's this thought around uh, planning being like, um, like a, a, a stake, a bean pole that you like, bang, in it goes, big, long pole, very straight, rigid unbending to what you want to do and that then you grow your service over the top of it and it has one direction highly linear no deviation whereas actually i think pulling out from what you've just said 
we talk more about templates and frameworks and you know things we're talking much more about a trellis you know and maybe not very you know doesn't need to be the widest but it allows for some deviation and flexibility and i think the thing is is giving people confidence with that i mean that this is a well-used analogy this this will crop up everywhere i'm sure but it's that idea that um what it's designing something in that template that framework that you can deliver repeatedly well sustainably is how big a trellis can we give you that you know how to pull from those little points as we as we grow and develop that you're always going the right direction but hopping around a little bit looks natural because we have planned yes and we've sensibly created something that can hold all of that Maybe even like, you know, a little bit like, you know, the lanes on the motorway, the times when I know the lanes on the motorway don't technically mean you're going faster in the outside lane, but that tends to be how it goes because the inside lane is lorries and they're often slower and caravans, et cetera. But it's that kind of like actually knowing, having something that's not very one dimensional, but allowing you to go change gears and just go up and back kind of like to get a dynamic to what you're doing I think is actually it's less about your your the the the, the content direction uh, the the content being rigid and more about the framework which supports what you want to put on top of it and it's allowing that slight distinction that we're not being formulaic about your content we're being formulaic about the you know the the the, the process it's like watching prime time telly you know the format of loads of them shows doesn't change for seasons yeah but we don't kind of get bored of it um and you know that they're planned and rehearsed and all the rest of it that goes with it i mean rehearsing will come to it another point i'm sure but it's um yeah that that's the bit for me is the, the i think the work that you need to do if you're in that if you're in that situation is how big a trellis are you putting in place um that's appropriate and manageable rather than it being like you know we're not coming along and like saying no you've got your you've got your line it's a tightrope you're walking no we're making something that's much more uh, uh broad and flexible to to what you need to do with dimension and dynamic to create some interest yeah that's right i, I mean there are some i think there's a, there's always a a continuum of of how planned you can be you know, and I think, you know, what you're talking about is like the kind of trellis is maybe the kind of the midpoint and you can have the completely unplanned and then you can have the the highly programmed. And that's, and I think to get to that, I think there's nothing wrong with the highly programmed, um, but it does, it takes practice and it takes a continual uh, understanding of why you're doing each thing and why you're taking, you know, three and a half minutes on this and four minutes on that. Yeah. Um, because uh, otherwise it can quickly lose the uh you know the secret source of of what a service should be which is you, you want to have this you, you want to have uh you know there's got to be a life to it and that means that it can't be so rigid but you you then you can still achieve that at a highly highly programmed service you know where you know you know exactly the length of each song and you know the length of you know if you're gonna have free worship time you've set it at like a minute or something you can still do that and but it's you've got to you've got to te- keep talking with your team about why you're behind that otherwise you'll start to lose some of its its potency i think so i think i think it is really important i think having a plan even like you said like a trellis uh that you can just grow things off you know a simple 
service outline, um, keeping to time is going to be really important. And then um, having a, a really good planned structure for your preach. Uh, and and I've, like you said, most, most great talks all follow the same format, really. Uh, and the same with great songs as well. Uh, if you listen to the uh, the top 40 or whatever. I don't really listen to the top 40 anymore uh, because I'm old. Um, but they all follow the same format. They're all, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, essentially. They all follow the same thing. And, but the thing is, that's not where the... You, you, people don't get bored because of that. People don't get bored with watching movies because they're essentially... Except, you know, it's the same storyline with different characters, really. Um, and they say there's only like seven stories or something like that. And I mean, in reality, that's actually true. And we don't get bored because actually those things aren't the things that bring the life. It's the, it's the something else. Yep. So, so having a great plan to your preach that you know that you're going to have, there's certain beats that you can go through. And I think that we could go through, a, through we could go through that um, <laughs> as a whole podcast, which would be a really great one, which is planning your preach as, and, and you know, you can use the same beats every single time, but you can yeah. talk about a different topic. You can talk about different scripture and you can take people through the same beats of the journey each and time. You're making that sound to me though, like you could be doing that so far in advance that it's not about planning every week. You could outline series by taking a day out and using, you know, time better. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, there's um, a good friend of Thinking Church is Dr. John Andrews, and uh, I've heard him talk about preach prep. And maybe we should get him on the the uh, on the podcast to talk about it. I think he'd be a great guest to talk about it. And um, think, yeah, he, he talks about um, that he so he he prepares. You know, he's an itinerant minister, and so he's you know he's he doesn't just prep you know the night before each time he speaks because he's speaking so often it's just impossible so he'll he'll be preparing you know multiple weeks in advance and then he'll talk about how they you know he prepares them and then they kind of go in the the proverbial freezer and then he can he can get them back out and and make sure they're they're ready to eat you know so it's just bringing that life back into them uh, just before he speaks uh, and i think that's such a great idea that you can actually plan weeks potentially months in advance if you need to because you can have you know the same you can have the same beats of your preach you can actually have um you can actually have a lot of songs planned out in advance as well in terms of your worship sets uh you can do things as simple as having a basic format of your announcements so you know what you're going to be announcing um what kind of things you're going to be saying a, a brief outline um those kind of things and it just plans a lot for you and it means that you're not having to you know, generate something new or go to this impromptu thing, which can often feel a bit sort of ramshackle and, and it doesn't feel like it has any um, intentionality to it. And I think that's what we want to avoid with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there is, there is, a, there is a mix as well for me because you say about those who are like highly structured, like ultra planned, mm. very precise for me, that is the specials, Easter, Christmas, the the ones with bigger numbers of visitors. Um, so that you are you are absolutely on it at every stage. There's no time to be flexible in the moment with a very invitational service. I think they're the ones, that's the extreme that actually you might say, oh, we'd never be that highly planned. I, I think actually we would be if we were getting to that 
those kind of like ones that are more more critical where we've got to land certain points and be you know on it with the the journey we're taking people on the story we're telling and how we want people to engage with it and what the call to action is to a degree you know what do we want people to do with what we're saying if you're going to build that and go through that and tell it and you know you've got 60 minutes you're working on attention times you're working on program times and all the rest of it you're working on everything else that's exactly where we need to be um so i think there is there is there is, there is room across the scale but those highly highly planned ones that are proper timed into the minute is is more likely to be the specials right well let, lee let's go on to your second uh reason for for being impromptu in in the service um so that we can respond in the moment and go with the spirit that I is think, basically and that's what that's what i hear a lot is so we can yeah. go with the spirit yeah i i hear that a lot as well that churches want to go with the spirit and and i think that that definitely comes from a, a really good place um and and let's you know let's to to talk about that i know i know i know i'm coming from the plan side but to give to give it you know the the due it deserves you know you like i think we've said earlier we, you know you don't want a service that doesn't feel like it has any life to it and and i've been in services where they've been very impromptu and they've been great i've also been in some impromptu services and they've really not been great um and but when it's when it's done i know it's hard to say when it's done well it almost seems wrong to say that because you know i i think people that would talk about impromptu service or spirit-led services wouldn't think about it being done well i think that they wouldn't i don't think that terminology would be something that you'd use because it's i think for them it, for, for many people they would consider that more kind of like a getting out of the way and allowing god to do what he wants to do uh, and I think that's the idea behind it. It's the the heart is we want to get ourselves out of the way, you know, the plans of of men, um, and and or the plans of humans, human plans and God's plans. I think that's that's the the idea there. Lee, what what's your kind of like? Explain a bit further what you think about you know allowing the spirit to flow that kind of thing. What what I do think, you think is the reasoning? I, I so I think I think there's a mix. I think. Um, I think there are some churches that are genuinely in, in, in tune with that and believe it to be their distinctive, you know, that, you know, as if they say it more so than any other church, it's like, we're not like that church. We, we listen to the spirit and everything's highly reactive. And I'm like, but that for me, that's the bit where it's the pull when we talk about God as an architect, that doesn't say anything about, you know, that level of impromptu. And I think it's when we're maybe trying to capture um, moments because we're clinging to things in the past where we've had a moment where God broke in, where there was a move of something in the spirit and it was so good. We want to get that again. And rather than actually, no, the, there's more to be said about the doing things consistently well and creating opportunity at every point. So I think we've got that balance. And then I think there's others where we say that we, we're, we're going with going in the spirit because it's an excuse for not having done the work. I'll be blunt. It's, you know, it, it covers up the fact that we haven't done the work. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been in both, you know, meetings where 
some you know god breaks in where there is a moment where something happens in the spirit and you know those things are incredible but i i often think that that's they're 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 less frequent than creating a consistent opportunity and i think actually that has always happened by people that have also been highly planned but that idea of like going with a spirit as if i think it's sometimes because we want to capture something and it's about feeling it's about emotion rather than the um and yeah trying to in one sense though we're trying we're trying to engineer it in the moment um but we're, we're not you know by saying that we're in the spirit and unplanned is like you know like over to you well no i think actually the work is over to us we have to create that opportunity and that's kind of like yeah the balance and it's like you know i i can see it from both sides um absolutely but it's the I don't know you look at any any anybody with any level of skill as well like footballers and stuff like that you look at those moments of brilliance that become the highlight reel but go back and look at them doing the drills and how many times they had to practice that one thing so that then one day in a match the perfect circumstances and environments were encountered and they were able to do that incredible you know, Rabona or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. it doesn't come up that often. When it does, it's spectacular. Yeah. And we talk about it for months. But, you know, it, it's it's also not really the norm. Yeah. And yeah, I think so. It's, that's the plan. It's the, 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 just the idea that like we're going with the spirit, I think puts so much back over, not that we're kind of like, you know, blackmailing God into doing something because we haven't, but that actually it is our responsibility. Um, and we can't, we shouldn't just be putting that all back over to God. It, it, it is actually, yeah, he's there and he goes before us and all these things. If he's gone before us, then the, the, the opportunity and the planning, we should have that expectation and, and, and plan for those moments and build towards them so that he can enter in. <clears throat> that's, that's kind of more where I'm thinking, rather than just turning up with no plan and sitting, waiting quietly as if it's going to happen. This is the other thing, because we always end up filling that space. Whereas actually, if God was going yeah. to break in and we knew he was going to break in, we could just turn up and it's like, like I went 1032. Um, you know, it but it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem to happen like that. And I think there's more for being consistent with people and showing them um planning and you know how to do it. You know, we imagine if we did that, if that's how we treated our finances, if that's how we treated any other skill set that we had that we would just be, you know, in the moment with it. We know, we know we wouldn't, we wouldn't actually preach this anywhere else. True. Yeah. And I guess this, this gets onto my one, which is, I believe that, that good planning, that the, the, the Holy Spirit works through good planning. Uh, and that would be my, that's my, and my kind of counter to, to we're going with the spirit i think because I, I also counted myself but yes like, yeah, you aside, did. aside from that come on chris bring some wisdom and add your theology that's where we need to go now well yeah i think that i think the 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 how scripture really works and how we like how we how how it's really read is that i think the talking you know about the the kind of the genesis passage again you know this this sense that that god is a god of order and and and, and is wanting order and there's also this there's a lot of there's a lot of planning that goes in to scripture for instance god gives moses a really big plan about how to make the tabernacle and he goes into great detail of the plan it's not just you know it, this is all before 
Moses and the Levites go and build the tabernacle. He, there's a specific mandate. He needs to look like this. He's got to be this, you know, size. You know, think even before that with Noah and the, you know, the how the ark was to be constructed. Clear guidelines, clear planning. There, there's there's actually some things that are that God's God's in the planning. God's God likes to plan. Uh, so, and also they, there's plenty of times where you know God says, "I'm going to do this." So he would say it to uh, when he when he uh, when he calls Samuel. He says, "You know, I'm going to do this to the house of Eli." You know, so he he plans to do something. It's not like he it, God doesn't just do. He he plans and does. That it seems to be it's something for me that when I read scripture, it seems to be consistent throughout that the that the plan of of even the plan of redemption, the plan of Jesus was 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 foretold you know in you know to be in 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 genesis you know in the in the full narrative you know the there will be someone who will you know they'll crush the the serpent's head and he'll strike the heel there's this already god's planning this thing and he's already looking forward to this time so i think that that god it, god is a planning god god likes planning god god likes order he's he he, he might likes to move from from chaos to order uh, in in things, and I think that's a, uh, I think that's a hallmark of how how God works, and and that and that means that when we plan, I think that we can be confident that that actually we are we're working within we're working how God would work because God God is planning, and um, you know from you know all throughout Scripture, it's just you can see it all throughout, and so I think that to think that planning is man's plans, and uh, and impromptu is God doing what he wants to do. I think that's just such a wrong thinking and it just creates this division, which is just never needs to be there. That actually, when you sit down and plan, like you all, you all have the Holy Spirit inside you. You all, you all are indwelt with, with, with God. That means that, 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 that God is working through you. He is, you know, he is, you know, and, and you want to be, you know, you want to be recognizing when you feel like God's talking to you in these kind of moments when you're planning, of course. Uh, but knowing that when you plan, actually God's working through that and he's bringing uh, things together and he's working. And that means that you can, um, that you can plan well. And it's also, I guess the other, the other illustration for it is, it's just the, the writing of scripture. You know, we kind of think that scripture is written when, you know, the, the writers, their sort of their eyes rolled into the back of their head and then they sort of started writing and they didn't know what they were writing. And then suddenly went, goodness me, it's the, the, it's the book of John. Um, and that's, that's not how it works. They, they planned their books. They had a structure in their books so and and you know, the great things like the Bible projects, which you can go through. Each, they go through each book of the Bible and show you how it was planned, the, the actual plan and structure of the book. Uh, and they, they, it wasn't just this impromptu writing. We're just going to write it down thing. They are specifically being planned in everything they're doing to tell a story, to take you on a journey, yeah. all those kind of things. And I think that the Holy Spirit works in planning. And so we need to be planned in what we do, and we need to be, and we need to plan the journey that we want to take people on. Just like Matthew, when he's writing the book of Matthew, is specifically looking at certain things and wanting you to, wanting to take you on a journey. So too, we we should be planning a journey for people to take them towards 
towards Christ in our services. Fantastic. Great points there, Chris. All right, should we go on to number three? What's your third impromptu thought? So this is one, and I'll explain a little bit more into this as we go, but the other one that I hear about being impromptu rather than planned, and this tends to be from smaller churches than the larger ones, is so that they can respond and react to who is there. Okay, right. So you've got, you got a group of people you want to make sure that, that what you're doing is working for those people. So being impromptu helps yeah. you do that. But what that what that actually speaks of is, you see, that's highly pastoral. Don't get me wrong. That is highly pastoral. It is highly caring. It's very people-focused. But it's for who is there. Actually, this speaks of churches in decline. Because if you can look around and you can shape what you're about to do, knowing specifically it's for a group of people that are there, you, you, are, you, are, you are working towards something that everybody knows. I'm going to posit that that's because you are declining. And that's actually a small congregation. That level then, you're, you're basically got a stage-led connect group, a stage-led you know, home group. Is what is what you're is what you're dealing with in that situation, and so being impromptu is this kind of doing it again. The the justification in our thinking is that it's because it's caring for those people that are there, but actually we're covering up the fact that nobody new has come. Yeah, and what that ends up doing is that if somebody does come in, but you must then start talking to that. You're not talking like generally, you're not talking about, you know, uh, an arc or these introduction points to Jesus. You start talking specifics to an individual. You create an exclusivity that includes some and excludes others. And as a result, that those, those people that visit or that may not return. And I, 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 I have slight concern and worry when that's, when that's what's happening. Um, and, you know, do you know what I mean? But it all comes from, this is the thing, the, all these things about being impromptu come from a great place, but not necessarily a healthy place. So what we're doing is, is that they are, they, they, are, they are led by such a way, but actually it's probably masking something else that's going on in the background as to, as to what we're doing. Um, so that ability to, you know, like focus or, you know, address a, a very specific need. Again, sometimes that's God breaking in and sometimes that really is a thing that needs to be done, but you need to be able to contextualize it, wrap it up in something bigger and explain where it fits in the whole. Um, and if you're able to do that, then it makes absolute sense. But if you're, if you're just there and it's, you know, like overly familiar um, to, to a very small group of people, or you can flex it in the moment to that, then I think actually you you are excluding and it starts to feed that and you become very insider focused. And it's you'll you'll probably maintain it where you're at because you're caring. But does it does it help you get the health you need uh that that has that level of invitation and growth for those outside of the church? Does it reach beyond your walls or does it start becoming insider focused? I'd say it becomes insider focused. Well, to me, it seems like this this falls down a bit because if you know who's going to be in your service every single week, then it's even more 
reason that you should be planned because you know exactly who's going to be there. It, it, almost it would be better to say, you know, we're expecting new people. So we'll, we'll be on plans, you know, you know, for, to give a really poor example, let's say, you know, the, the pastor's preaching and then he, he sees someone with a skateboard walk in. And so he goes, right, I'm going to change my illustration to skateboard references to help that person. I could, in one sense, I could understand it from that point of view, but you don't know anything about that person. And I think the, the, you know, the person preaching would understand that as well. You, you just because they're holding a skateboard, it could be their brother's skateboard or their sister's skateboard, or, you know, it could be, you know, you, and they could have just given up skateboarding because they hate it or, you know, all sorts of reasons. And you just don't know. Uh, and that's why it'd be in those circumstances, it is better to be planned. So to me, it seems like even if, if you've got that scenario, if you know who's coming to your church because you, you're not getting new people, that in itself is an issue and that, that that needs to be addressed. But that even then you should be you should be planned because you know who's coming. So you can tailor all the stories yeah. and all of the those things. So it, to me, it just that falls down as to be a good yeah, reason. It's, but I've seen it get even more specific, you see. So it's even less. It's actually about almost conversational to the point where it's it's something very specific with an individual that you you know of because of a level of familiarity right. that everybody's in on and it's like oh you know and even then it's like if they did turn up this week or didn't turn up this week, there's an inconsistency in attendance and those who come are your regulars but you literally are, are doing it in the moment as to the kind of like who you get so it's like oh if that family doesn't turn up you know we don't have to do kids work so then kids work becomes it's like if they turn up, it's like quickly photocopy some coloring sheets and get a couple of Bible verses and off we go into the corner. And it's that that kind of like it's very it almost becomes reactive as well um, to what come. But it is it is when expectation drops that no new people are coming. You are in one sense, you're planning by default because you've got it in your mind that you're going to shape it to whoever's there. So it is plan is planning by default in one sense um but in what you know we justify it by saying that we're impromptu and we're dealing with the needs as they arise but it doesn't scale and i think actually yeah. if you want yeah and that's the bit it's like it it that does that doesn't scale you're mod, you're modeling great pastoral and care kind of like ways of working which i think are brilliant for um how maybe you do connect groups but you know some churches actually get to a size where they are slightly larger home groups than they are small churches yeah. you know what i mean look it represents often a lot of decline and when 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 it's in decline and it's like that it's also some denial and we justify why we're doing what we're doing and going through the motions look you can get that back on a momentum and a trajectory to health and growth um it is possible um so i think yeah there's some stuff that needs to have to turn it around what what should we do in that situation chris well um i so i think that what the thought was coming to my mind when you said this is that you know Jesus said to to Peter feed my sheep and you know I was thinking about um you know when you got friends coming over for dinner if if they just turn up on the doorstep and say we're here for dinner and you had no idea you'd have to scrabble around the cupboard see what you can find like and you know or, you know, if you're going to live that way and you're going to expect people, you know, and people are going to be turned up, then you actually become prepared for it. Then you have to have, you know, let's say you can have anyone turn up at any time and then you kind of expect that. And you've got to feed, you've got to feed people. 
Then you've got to have like your cupboards have got to be stocked full with all the 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 food that you need, and it's got to be easily, you know, all your meat's got to be easily defrostable in in moments, you know. So you've got to have like all of this large storage, and I think you know that's like the analogy of that is like the preacher would have to have so much knowledge on every single topic of theology of you know Christian living. They've just got to have it all there all there at all times but i don't think that's how really how pastors work and should and, and i don't think it's realistic because in reality what's better to say is you know these people are coming around for dinner right what we'll do is we're going to buy some meat in and or you know or if you know if you don't like meat then you do the vegetarian option and all that kind of stuff but you 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 can tailor it to what people are but you plan that you know if i've got friends coming around for dinner and you know they are gluten-free for instance we've got some friends who are um we will prepare that lee you are <laughs> um oh, my, my, yeah my wife it's, your wife is sorry that's, that's a different thing yeah, but you but you but you prepare for that, and you prepare for yeah. the needs of people based on that. But if they if people just turned up and said, right, can I have some dinner? And I'd be like, well, you know, you know, let's say they they are gluten free. Well, you know, then you're looking around, and say, well, have we got any gluten free pasta in the cupboard, or have we got some gluten free flour that we can make something with? You're then suddenly you're scrabbling around, and you're not going to feed them well. And I think that Jesus' command to Peter of feed my sheep that takes preparation, and I think that you need to be planned to do that well. So that's that's my response to it, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm also listening to anybody on the podcast that can hear anything that's going off in the background <laughs> at my house. Well, <laughs> that's, some of it Some of it has been captured, some of it has not. <laughs> and, um, so we'll, we'll just see what comes out in the... Uh, in the in the final one and you know what this is basically live because there's virtually no editing i can do because we need to get out today no, it, it, do, it does it does make it does make me smile um but you see i think that's the thing there's there's planned and then there's interruption and circumstance and environment and other things that go on around what we're doing um and that that that's part of it it doesn't take away the life like you know your time frame you know what you're aiming towards you know what your points are you know what you want to talk, but then somebody says something and it sparks another train of what you want to say. Like how, how many podcasts into this, like, you know, into this are we now, Chris? How many have we done? I think this is episode 47. We're near right. the 50 mark. Right. And we would say we're just beginning to find a flow. Yes. Some, some might argue otherwise, having listened to them, but we'd say we're just beginning to find a flow. If that was Sundays, that's a year's worth of input and a year's worth of content. Yes. Yes, that's right. right. We are by no means advocating that this is quick fixes. This is doing something consistently over a long period of time is what gets you there. And it's doing that that builds the credibility. And that's where we went, you know, we've gone from like one or two listeners, which is literally, I'd like to say our wives, but it's not because they don't want anything to do. To no, they don't. At any no, they... Point. Um, but it's, you know, like we've all got, you know, like there's a friend or a, a pastor that we that we know that is our regular listener. That is, you know, somebody that come on this. And now we're building up like there is actually a, was it a listener base or a listenership. Um, you have a readership. Is it a listenership? That doesn't sound yeah. right. Listener base. I'm I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to stick with it, uh, a listener base. Like we've got people who now are regularly doing it. Look, these these things take time, yeah? Absolutely. And and actually your formats and your ability to um, 
shift and do things and be slightly organic, accept the interruptions. I haven't had the postman knock on the door though recently while we've been recording. So that's 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 a plus. Look, it takes time, yeah. And you have to work it out. We're we're it's not it's also not prescriptive. Right. Because yeah. there are hundreds of podcasts that don't follow our format. And some that's are less successful and some are more successful, but they're all podcasts. So don't try copying. Find out what works for you. What can you own? What can you do today? What's the one thing you can put in place? This is like all, all I'm thinking of now is I just want to sometimes you just want to sit with a pastor, take them by the shoulders and just like go. You are the right person to do this. And that's yeah. all they need to hear today. That's right. Yeah. And actually, like, if you're listening in this, you like go, I've been impromptu. Look, nine times out of 10, what we hear about people who are impromptu is people who just had the wind taken out of them a little bit. They feel a bit, they're, they're justifying why they're having to do things the way they're doing. Let's get some spark back into, into that. Contact us, talk to us. Let's get you in contact with other people. Let's look at what it is to just get you on, on that track. Build a, a, two, a two-branch trellis so that you've just got a few things that you can pick. What's your distinctive? What's the thing you're going to do every week? What's the thing that you're always going to have in there? What's the thing that looks well? What's the structure piece? What doesn't have to be a structure? What's the thing you can afford to play with? I've worked with a lot of non-denominational churches now where, um, and this is this is in contrast to some of the more um, like high church or structured churches, okay? A lot of the non-denominationals that I've worked with um, actually have a slightly more impromptu and greater freedom around things like communion, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying for a minute that they that they devalue it or take it any less serious, but they have uh, an openness, which makes that a very informal section of their service. Right. And they have a bit of, they, they do play with it and have fun with it to be very inclusive. And I know others, you know, others see it differently and it, then that becomes highly structured. So like work out what things are your non-negotiables in terms of like where you would flex and where you wouldn't flex and play to that strength and you build to it. Um, it's, and then, you know, where do you need investment? Where do you need the time? What you invest in literally does grow. And that's, look, there's so many things that we can jump on here. I think that the, there's room to look at this in terms of um, planning. And, you know, we've got content coming on um, on the membership site and stuff like this um, yep. about this. But but realistically, if you if you if you know at the back of your mind, if something has been niggling that you think you are, you are justifying your position because it feels like you're coming from a place of lack. Don't live there. That is not you at your best. And you can get beyond it. And um, we're not going to prescribe solutions. We want to work with you to draw out of you what's in you and what you can do. That's where we want to be. Um, and so, like, yeah, we'd absolutely love to um, talk with you about that and help you work out what it is. So, like, please get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to just quickly do my last one. Lee, I know we're very short on time. I'm going to quickly do my my last one, which is just that the good planning is inclusive, which is what I wanted to say. I, um, and I'll just give you a story uh, on this one, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish it there. And the story is that I remember I used to lead, I mean, I still lead worship, and I used to lead worship uh, at old church, I was I was young, but I was you know always been a good guitarist. So being able to you know know my my scales really easily, we can change chords really easily, you know all that kind of thing. And what I used to do was prepare my service, my worship set, 
and I'd have a list of songs and said it could be in any order. And because I wanted to be spirit led in it. So we go, we're going to go any order. We could, well, I had five, six, seven songs, but we might choose three or four. But it could be any of those songs in any order. And the problem with that is, is that only certain type of musicians could actually do that. Other people, they just couldn't get their head around it. It's just it, it, being that impromptu became exclusive because you had to be, you had to be not only a good musician, because, you know, yeah. a lot of people can be great musicians and just know, you know, I've got to know I'm doing this songs and then this thing. And, but you had to be a specific type of person that could be so flexible. Oh. It's a barrier to entry. If yeah. you are, if you are, if you are learning or you're just getting used to it, you've introduced an obstacle to somebody actually delivering. Yeah, that's it. So uh, what I found is that actually being planned and structured in in creating uh, my worship set has actually been much more in- inclusive because you can bring people in, you can bring people into the planning process of it, um, and bring people in. Not just you know, it's not just about finding great singers. You can find people that can help you you know, create this, the set with you and, and plan that together. And, and so you can include musicians in that. And so now it's becoming an inclusive thing and you're using other people's giftings and skills and things like that. So I think that the great planning should be inclusive. I mean, that's the thing that we talk about when we're planning futures of churches. We want it to be, you know, it's not just, we don't just work with the senior pastor on their own. We work with a, a team. It's about being inclusive. Yeah. It's about having a breadth of ideas, breadth of opinion, uh, and, and bringing that together to push forward together towards something really great. And I think that you can do that in your, in your service uh, as well. And so I think that great planning is, is inclusive. Uh, Lee, uh, we will leave it there. We are completely and out of, out of time. I think we've gone over time. So, um, unbelievable. It's, wow. Look, this, that was such a good topic because I think it balances actual real struggle that everybody will encounter at some point. Yeah. And we've, we've all been there. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's that, you know, get your, get your head on it and recapture those things that make you distinct and learn how to repeat them. That, that, that's, that's kind of like what I'd take away from this. So, Chris, thank you so much for guiding us through this and hosting and recording as always. No worries. Uh, and I, no worries. I, will, I will see you next week. See you next week.